This week, some members of the city council joined business leaders, unions, and others in proposing what eventually could be banning the use of natural gas in homes and other buildings, newly constructed buildings. Also this week, some other older persons joined other business leaders and other unions in calling for caution. Well, this weekend, we're going to hear from both sides of an issue that could touch your household in the near future. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. The Clean and Affordable Buildings Ordinance, or CABO as some like to call it, would establish new indoor emission standards that would eliminate the use of fossil fuels in newly constructed buildings, so no gas stoves or no other gas-operated devices like furnaces. The uh, forces are already mobilizing on both sides, and they are represented by my guests today. Sarah Moskowitz is executive director of the Citizens Utility Board, the consumer advocacy group that fights for lower rates. She's been with the group for more than two decades and was named director last June. She is part of the Illinois Clean Jobs Coalition. Gilbert Viegas is in his third term as alderman of the 36th Ward on the Northwest Side. He chairs the Committee on Economic Capital and Technology Development, and he is also aligned with the Clean Energy Choice Coalition. We are conducting this discussion via Zoom conferencing, and I thank both of you for uh, joining me. Sarah Moskowitz, what is the problem that this ordinance is trying to help solve? Well, here in the city of Chicago, people's gas customers have been suffering spiraling gas bills for a number of years, while the gas utility has been enjoying year after year of record profits. We've already seen that there is increasing interest amongst homeowners towards moving off of the gas system and moving towards electric heat. Of course, in the state of Illinois, we have very ambitious goals to move our electric system off of fossil fuels. And so this is a transition that is underway. And as a consumer advocate at at the Citizens Utility Board, we're concerned that if this transition towards electric heat is done in an unmanaged way, that will actually bring about the worst possible outcome for consumers. Because when you essentially have folks cutting the gas pipes and leaving a smaller number of people across which to share the costs of the system, uh, that can lead to spiraling rates, further exacerbating the system itself. So what Cabo is, you put it really well, Craig, it is an indoor emissions standard. It only applies to new construction and large additions on buildings. It's not about retrofits. It's not about changing the current building stock. What it is, is just an important first step in forcing our city to think about our clean energy future. So that's why consumer advocates like CUB and environmental groups and consumer groups and low-income groups are in favor of this this kind of programming because this is a problem that we can't ignore and we need to hit it face on. Well, uh, Gilbert Viegas, trying to reverse or or help reverse climate change sounds like a worthy goal. Why is there... Uh, some resistance to this as it uh, starts its path through the city council? Well, uh, I would say that the 28 members that signed on to the resolution calling for hearings around this with every portion of the subject matters uh, is is just concerned about 
um, how to get to a point where we're all trying to solve for greenhouse gas emissions and climate change. Listen, the Clean Energy Choice Coalition, my colleagues, um, the folks that are supporting uh, this resolution are not opposed. We're not opposed to uh, dealing with the climate issue. But all you have to do is take a look at what's occurred recently in Berkeley, California, uh, whereas recently as this month, the, the ninth uh, federal court, uh, federal, federal uh, appeals court uh, rejected um, once again, the fact that using, you know, a banning, banning uh, uh, natural gas um, and saying that it's a federal issue and the federal, federal government is the one that monitors and regulates this. So we have one lawsuit that, in California that was already um, struck down. Uh, and then now in New York, um, there's a lawsuit pending. And so why would we open ourselves up to a potential lawsuit? And so what we're saying, the 28 of us is saying, look, let's have a subject bring with all the entities that are going to be um, responsible uh, or part of this, um, this, uh, this discussion. Um, that's what we're saying. Um, we, know we, we know at some point we got to get there, but the technology is not there. Um, and so what we're saying is let's do it in a way where we're not opening ourselves up for a lawsuit, uh, given that there's already one that, that was struck down and another one pending. And what I, from what I understand, the California suit had to do with it was, it, its basis was on another law that, that it is in effect in California. But still, the principle is there. Uh, Sarah Moskowitz, uh, there are people who worry that uh you know even i know you said this isn't about retrofits and the like and we should we'll talk a little bit more about that but people worry that this means they're going to have to get rid of their gas stoves uh and frankly there are some in you know on capitol hill uh in washington who actually would like to see that kind of happen and to phase out uh of ga gas stoves how do you get people comfortable with moving forward? Well, anyone who says that the Clean and Affordable Buildings Ordinance is about getting rid of your gas stove is just engaged in straight fear-mongering. Um, that is not what this ordinance does. Again, this is an indoor emission standard. It affects the air quality in our homes, unlike the Berkeley law that was struck down. Um, we, too, wanted to make sure that this ordinance was not going to open the city up to lawsuits of the sort that we've seen elsewhere. And the mayor's office, the mayor is a person who introduced this ordinance, looked at this um, for a long time to make sure that it was written in a way that did not expose us to that kind of risk. And we're, we're satisfied that it does not, because this is not a gas ban. This is an indoor emission standard. It only applies to new construction starting a year after it is passed. And multiple studies have shown that it is less expensive to build with electric heat nowadays than with a separate electric air conditioning system and a separate gas system with all of the hookups and all of the price volatility of the gas itself. This is really a good move. In the city of Chicago, where gas bills are so high, the economics for new construction being all electric for heat and cooking and water heat just makes sense. And then moving forward to operate those systems is less expensive. I appreciate that um, the alderman and his allies um, 
believe that we need to solve for climate change. Um, I, I hope that they understand that this is really just about moving forward. We're not looking at changing anything in the status quo. We're not gonna be taking gas stoves away. And in fact, Cabo includes a bunch of exemptions. Emergency generation backup isn't included. Hospitals aren't included. Commercial cooking is exempt. Fireplaces are exempt. So really, this is not a sky is falling major, you know, groundbreaking problem. And yet, um, you know, we're finding ourselves having to battle, honestly, a lot of fear mongering coming from the other side. Well, let me ask uh, Alderman uh, Viegas, the cost, I think the advocates for this usually lead with the cost and, and how much higher gas is. But, you know, as somebody who has looked at his electric bill lately, that's not cheap either. Uh, so, so here, Craig, Craig, I'm going to say, look, the, yeah. the Department of Energy states that natural gas is 3.3 times more affordable than electricity and significantly more affordable than several other residential energy sources for the same amount of energy delivered. So the clean and affordable building ordinance that's being proposed is neither clean nor affordable. Um, again, let's take a look at studying it with all the subject matter experts that are going to be impacted by this, including, including the environmentalist groups that want to talk about this. I think that it's important that we have this discussion. I'm glad that we're having this discussion, but you know, to introduce an ordinance first without having the subject matter discussions is really putting the cart before the horse. So the same way that we've studied legislation in the past that's gonna be impactful for the entire city of Chicago, uh, impact sectors that wanna invest in the city of Chicago, I think we should have these discussions and then from there learn what, what's attainable and then, and then introduce an ordinance from there. Listen, you know, we had these recent frigid temperatures less tens of thousands of Chicagoans without power. ComEd doesn't have the capacity to do this right now. Um, and so th there's a lot of questions as to, by moving in this direction, is ComEd prepared for this? And I think the hearing with all the entities and all the subject matters will put forward what's realistic and, and, and not just talk about uh, uh, these ideological policies, but let's, let's, let's get some facts on here. Let's have the, the subject matter experts talk about it and then craft and then we can craft an ordinance based on what we know it, the applied versus the theory um sarah i do want to uh check and, and I'll, I'll let you make the point about what he just said too but i want to add on to that um when we say that it's 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 not about retrofitting there is at least one part of the law as i understand it that says if you're making an addition to your building it could in fact require uh, some retrofit. So there are there are some exceptions in the other direction, too, that it, it, it could mean a retrofit in some circumstances as well, right? It, it applies to the addition. Uh, so if the addition is, adds more than 10,000 square feet or 25% of the pre-addition area, then that addition will have to be um, will have to be electric. But I want to address a couple of things that the alderman said before I forget. Sure. Um, first off, I am excited to talk about these issues and at the opportunity to kind of debunk some of the myths that are that are floating around out there. I will point out that um, under the prior mayor, we there was a Chicago building decarbonization working group that 
delved into a lot of these issues. A lot of different voices and stakeholders were represented in that working group and they put out a report, um, I think in 2022. But listen, if we need to talk about this, I am ready to talk about this. And I know that um, a lot of the other stakeholders in this space are ready to talk about it um, because there is a lot of misinformation floating around out there, such as um, the stat that the, the alderman just quoted from the Department of Energy about the affordability of electric heat versus gas heat. That is based on existing electric heat, which unfortunately in this country is still predominantly resistant space heat, which is an antiquated old-fashioned form of electric heat. And I agree, it is very inefficient. We do have some resistant electric heat in the Chicago area, especially in some multifamily buildings, and those electric bills are quite high, and that is of great concern to my organization. But that is not the kind of electric heat that we're talking about here. Modern cold climate heat pumps are extremely efficient. They are much more efficient at heating air than gas furnaces or those electric resistance baseboard heaters that I used to have in the house that I grew up in. So what they're talking about is that existing heat, but the technology has gotten so much better and so much more efficient and so much more affordable. Um, and then when you talk about affordability, I would just like to remind everybody that heating in Chicago is unaffordable. Um, thanks to recent legislation, we now have access to the arrearage and disconnection information for all of the utilities in the state by zip code. And when you look at those stats for people's gas in the city of Chicago, they're frankly alarming and heartbreaking. You have vast swaths of the city just structurally incapable of affording uh, to heat their homes. And at Cub, we have a hotline where folks can call. And every day we hear these heartbreaking stories of people ha having to choose between food and heat or medicine and heat. We see over 80 million dollars in arrearages right now across people's gas um, territory. And guess who pays for that? The rest of the people's gas customers. So I'll just remind everybody and remind your listeners that the situation as it stands is not good. And so we are just looking for ways for our city to meet this issue head on and start planning for the future. Um, Alderman, do you feel that the technology is keeping up? Uh, I mean, I know you, you look at technology on your committee. Are we seeing the improvements in technology? And frankly, are there any improvements in the, even the, the uh, natural gas technology? Listen, there, you know, um, a couple of things. Um, Sarah mentioned about the affordability um, and she talked about folks in the rearage and stuff like that. We got to remember that um, whether it's gas or electricity or to heat your home, there's a cost associated with it. So this fact that um, we're saying that gas and everything's in the rear, you got to pay for electricity. Craig, you said yourself, you've seen your electric bill. Um, and to put ourselves in a position where banning natural gas uh, and utilizing only electricity moving forward uh, puts us in a position where this potentially be a monopoly. So I want to I want to strike that there. Put that there. The other thing I would say that technology is evolving. Um, listen, corporations are con constantly spending money on R and D to figure out how to make it more efficient, uh, how to make it more reliable for their for their for their consumers. So it's always evolving. But when we take a look at how moving and having electricity. Um, you know, how 
you, you still we, we still don't have the capacity um, with wind so, windmills and solar panels to to create the grid. So what I want to do is, again, have these discussions uh, before we put forward an ordinance. We have to we have to have everyone informed um, and have this big discussion because this is huge. As right now, we're talking about um, signaling to to developers that the city's open for Chicago. Um, right now, you're saying if you build something new, it has to be all electric. Um, well, let's let's allow um, the the kind of market to dictate how that's going to be, because I want to have cranes in the sky right now in 2024. We're going to have four cranes scheduled um, to build new things in the city of Chicago. Um, so as technology evolves, let's continue to 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 follow it, make sure that it's reliable for the for the consumers. Um, but we're, we're not there yet. And to have an ordinance before a study, I think, is the wrong approach. Although I will uh, point out it wouldn't be unusual for the city council to uh, to tweak uh, ordinances and other legislation uh, as it well, goes through the process. That, right. Well, I but, normal around but say also. No, no, I would say also, though, but let's also wait for some of the lawsuits to be settled. So if we're going to follow and have the same language as New York, um, then that's that's going to just put us in a position to open us up for for uh, lawsuits, especially that this is. This is um, something that the federal government monitors. So, yeah, we, we can we can we can introduce and change ordinance here and legislation. But why would we go? Why would we introduce an ordinance first before having all the details? You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about a proposed ordinance that aims to phase out gas stoves and heating in Chicago, eventually. My guests are Northwest Side Alderman Gilbert Villegas, who is urging caution on the idea, and Citizens Utility Board Director Sarah Moskowitz, who says the ordinance would be good for consumers and the environment. Um, and uh, Sarah, let, let me let you uh, talk talk a little bit about the, the issues here about whether or not um, we are ready for this. Is, is the technology ready for it? Uh, and does it have to be an even smaller baby step maybe to, uh, to be able to accommodate? The technology is absolutely ready and it's affordable and new construction. Cub did a study a few years ago looking at the economics of heating with electricity versus gas and unequivocally um, new construction uh, was kind of the low-hanging fruit for this transition. So we expect this to be happening. I think that new developers are are looking for ways to prove their green credentials. And I think a lot of folks who are in the aware and aware of these issues are looking for how um, where they live can support us in our clean economy goals. In the city of Chicago, almost 70% of our harmful emissions come from buildings. The city of Chicago has ambitious um, emissions uh, goals and decarbonizing our buildings is going to be key to achieving those goals. The more you read about how nasty this methane fossil gas is for our health and the environment, the more scary it is. About 20% of childhood asthma cases in the city are, can be attributed to cooking with gas in the homes. Gas not only is itself a potent um, greenhouse gas, but it is also harmful when it's burned, putting out, I think, 117 kilos of carbon dioxide per million BTUs. <clears throat> 
It also emits benzene, which is a well-known carcinogen linked to various blood cancers. And it's come to light recently that the gas industry has known about these problems for, for our health coming from gas for decades and actually actively tried to hide those facts from consumers. But um, what this ordinance again is doing is it's just setting us up for new construction because as a ratepayer advocate, I at Cub and my colleagues are worried about charging all gas customers for new build that will soon become obsolete and unnecessary. And so you're leaving our gas customers with all of these stranded costs. Why are we thinking about sinking all of this ratepayer money into infrastructure that whose days are numbered, who may be maybe put out of use before we were done paying it off? Uh, let me let me ask you both of you about the other side of that coin, and it's something that uh, that Gil Viegas. Uh, brought up and and i wanted to as well uh and that is reliability and capacity uh of the electric utilities uh com yes commonwealth edison even during the last cold snap where we weren't really dealing necessarily as much with uh you know rainstorms and wind and that that we still had outages uh and during the summer we have you know peak usage was it was a big deal you're going to in some ways eventually make the demand even higher uh how do you keep that system reliable when reliability is an issue uh, it's a it's going to be an issue when they start talking about the uh, franchise agreement which still hasn't been uh, <laughs> settled yet Thank you for mentioning the franchise agreement. We're very eager to get that ball rolling again because there are some great opportunities that could benefit the city in meeting its clean energy goals um, that could come out of that agreement. But I know that the city is busy and the electric utility is busy. Um, the Illinois Commerce Commission last late last year actually rejected Commonwealth Edison's multi-year grid plan because they said that the um, the utility had not done its job at proving that their plan was affordable and um, cost effective, which you know was was something that consumer advocates applaud because we, like anybody else, uh, you know, it we're not we don't want to put all of our eggs into one utility's basket willy nilly. That's for sure. Um, you know, there. Commonwealth Edison assures us that they can manage this, they can take it, um, but it is going to be a balancing act. Of course, they'll be able to manage anything um, if we pay them enough. And so that's why it's important to have consumer advocates at the table and working at the Illinois Commerce Commission to make sure that the investments that the electric utility is under undertaking are actually um, necessary. Um, but this is stuff that is very much being looked at. The Climate and Equitable Jobs Act that passed at, towards the end of 2021 required the utilities to submit these multi-year grid plans for the first time in a way that looks at their, their future needs for the system as we start electrifying transportation, which is necessary as we start electrifying homes. But my point is this, this is already happening and it's been happening in a way that is inequitable and 
not taking action isn't going to make the transition stop. What it's going to do is it's going to make this transition happen in a way that um, doesn't have the best outcomes for consumers. Alderman Villegas, let me hear your your thoughts on the, the yeah. issues of reliability and and uh, capacity. Well, here, look, ComEd doesn't have the capacity right now. Um, we, again, want to hear from them um, directly, as well as all the subject matter hearings as to what is that capacity that they have. You know, some of the things that Sarah mentioned, you know, ComEd electric, electric emissions are 2.26 times higher than natural gas, according to the U.S. Energy Information um, Administration. So what we want to do, we talk about fear mongering. We want to make sure that we're not fear mongering on the other side. We're talking about these are facts. You know, the, the federal government has oversight here. There's already been two lawsuits. Uh, you were talking about retrofitting. Um, Craig, it's only a matter of time that um, if, if natural gas is so harmful um, and we're talking about just targeting new construction, at some point, there's going to be creep. Say, hey, let's let's figure out a way to retrofit and require retro uh, houses to be retrofitted. Um, and 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 right now, ComEd is talking about sixty three thousand dollars to retrofit a home. L let me let me let me make one thing clear. We support the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions. All I'm saying is, let's do it in a responsible way. Let's hear from the subject matter experts and then formulate an ordinance based on the applied versus what the theory is. And so uh, natural gas has been a reliable source of energy for cold parts of the state, cold parts of the, of the, of the country rather. Um, and we need to make sure that as we're trying to move away from it, that we're doing it in a responsible manner. And right now by requiring this passing, trying to pass this ordinance without having all the facts, I think it's not the responsible way right now. So that's why I would hope that the, the mayor's office, as well as Cub and, 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 and the other side, would uh, push the administration to support what a majority of city council members want, is to have all the facts before an ordinance is formulated and passed. I, I, I have a feeling that, that I don't think we'll be able to escape hearings on this, uh, given how much uh, attention the, uh, the issue is getting. Uh, but I... Well, so, so it's it's interesting you say that, Craig, because we introduced the resolution to to do just that with 28 signatures on it, and it was sent to rules. So, um, you know, th that just that makes me that makes me think that yeah, do, do we want to talk audience, about this yeah. for members of the audience who don't understand uh, what that means? Uh, the uh, rules committee uh, is a functional committee and does do a lot of uh, important work, but it is all it can also be viewed as the place where you send uh, measures to uh, languish and or die. Uh, that doesn't always happen, but uh, but yes, that going to rules isn't always a clear path to uh to being passed <laughs> yeah i i do want to raise one other quick issue uh because i remember that this is decades ago uh when we had a big and long power outage out in the suburbs uh i remember that yes our lights went out and everything else but we were still able to cook yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we had a gas stove uh should people be worried that uh, that they will be more incapacitated if there is a major outage, Sarah? Well, I've never, I mean, I've never lived anywhere where my gas heat worked when there was a power outage. 
Uh, it wasn't gas that. heat. We were able to. We were able to. Our gas stove worked. Yeah, I don't cook with a gas stove, so I I can't speak to that. <laughs> I don't cook with them anymore after I learned. I read about what benzene does to you. Um, honestly, like it, it, and, and my mom grew up in Western Pennsylvania where they had gas explosions, um, on the regular basis. And she was terrified of gas her whole life. And so I didn't have any gas till I moved to Chicago. And I thought it was crazy that we're burning something, but I know that people love that stuff. Anyway, I do want to thank both of you for, uh, for, for talking about this. And I, I am certain that there will be more talk ahead. I would like to thank Citizens Utility Board Executive Director Sarah Moskowitz and 36th Ward Alderman Gilbert Viegas for spending the time with us. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMNewsRadio.com. There is a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on Odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 105.9 WBBM.